Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I'm speaking with Mark Roy Smith, the founder of People of Print, and the man behind all sorts of inky projects that sit under that umbrella. We've been crazy busy this last few days, shortlisting magazines for this year's Stack Awards, so it was good to take a break and sit down with Mark Roy here at Somerset House on Wednesday. As you'll hear, People of Print began as just a list of people who screen print, but it's grown organically from there, driven by Mark Roy's very evident passion for print and by his desire to find a better way of doing things. He's the sort of person who doesn't just accept the status quo, and he talks about the work he's done tinkering with stuff like book publishing and retail models and print formats. Posterzine is a very good example of that. It's a monthly publication that manages to be both a poster and a magazine, with each issue dedicated to the work of a single illustrator or designer. It's brilliantly simple and beautifully produced, and if you haven't already seen it, you should definitely go to peopleofprint.com forward slash posterzine and check out two years' worth of these lovely, impactful pieces of artwork. Talking of going online, if you're listening to this on or after Monday the 9th of October, you should go to stackmagazines.com forward slash awards to see all the magazines shortlisted in this year's awards. We received more than 400 entries this time, which is more than ever before, and the standard was so high that shortlisting them has been a complete nightmare, but we've ended up with a brilliant list, so do go to our awards page and check them out and watch the Stack blog for more detail on all those titles in the run-up to the awards at the end of November. Okay, that's enough awards waffle from me. I hope you'll enjoy this week's conversation with Mark Roy. All right, so I'm here with Mark Roy Smith, the founder of People of Prints. Hello, nice to meet you all. <laughs> they're, they're not all here. Well, how, many, how many uh, listeners do you have then? So. <laughs> hello, listeners. Okay, hello, listeners. Uh, and so, uh, last time I saw you, Mark Roy, uh, it was at the second birthday party for Posterzine. That's right. So, uh, f- to celebrate two years of publishing our Posterzine, which is uh, an A1 format poster uh, which folds down into an A4 sized zine or magazine. Uh, with editorial content about the, the designer of the poster. Um, so to celebrate the second birthday of that, which is the 24th issue, because it's released monthly, uh, we hired a space out in Shoreditch, and we did live printing, uh, paper prints, T-shirt printing, tote bag printing, music, beers, and obviously exhibited the posters that we have to date, framed by uh, North London framers, locally framed. So it all kind of came together quite nicely. And you were rammed. I mean, uh, when I left there, there was an enormous queue snaking around to get to the screen printing. Yeah, that's right. Um, It was quite overwhelming, really. I didn't realise that it would be that busy. Um, We we ticketed the the printing um, as a thing called a print pass, just to kind of get around. We we had a bit of a problem with the venue where we had to switch from the exhibition space into the main space. So... To get around that, we, we introduced this thing called a print pass, so people could we could differentiate between who was there for the exhibition and then who would be printing the T-shirts, otherwise we just wouldn't be able to get through the quantity. Um, but yeah, we people were just word of mouth saying on the day and they just kind of sold out very quickly. And But then everyone turned up as soon as we opened the doors as well, which was a little bit of a pain, but... Um, <laughs> 
yeah, it all worked out okay. We had enough people down there um, to help out, and everything I think went quite smoothly. Well, I'm sorry, I was one of those people who turned up. <laughs> literally, I turned up just before the doors opened. Yeah, so it, it was a really great experience. Um, I think if we were to do the print thing again, maybe we would uh, split it up into slots or something just to kind of manage it a bit better. But I guess these are just things that you learn as you as you go. Right, exactly. Um, but so t- tell us why you... I mean, so you're doing it because it's the second birthday of Posterzine. Mm-hmm. But how does this fit into everything that you do? Because, no, I mean, you know, you don't normally go to a magazine launch and end up being able to screen print a t-shirt and do all sorts of other like hands-on stuff. Yeah, um, okay, so people of print as the, the kind of the umbrella of the company as it were, um, we have lots of subsidiaries. So we have a, a marketplace where we share designers, illustrators or creatives who release products um, and, and we sell their work for them, take a small commission. Um, we have the publishing side of things, we have uh, we run campaigns with different brands, we work creatively as a design studio and we also offer a bespoke printing service for whether that's art prints or boxes for Amazon or, or whatnot. So just bringing all of those things together um, and from experience of putting on an exhibition in the past where people just come, look at 15, 20 prints on the wall and then leave, um, I thought it would be just a little bit more engaging to kind of show how prints are made, let people have a go themselves and leave with something um, for a very affordable price. So it's just, I guess we did loads of exhibitions when we first started and you would spend money on painting the walls, putting stuff up, framing stuff and not sell anything off the wall because people were just there for a little drink and have a look at it. Um, so it's about kind of trying to cover your costs and also make sure the crowd are happy and engaged and stay for a longer duration. And I think that kind of works, I suppose. Well, the, I mean, that certainly seemed to be the vibe when I was there. Like, the, I, I kind of, I worked, because I got in early, I got to do my T-shirts, uh, I left before the artists arrived, but it, it felt much more like a kind of a whole event that you'd organised rather than a little party where you come and have a drink and then go home. No, you're right. It's, um, I suppose, I did bite off a bit more than I could chew as well. I mean, we were still setting up at the time, uh, the people were arriving and things, but I guess if you don't have a goal like that, then you're not really going to do it, are you? So might as well just uh, try and put as much in as you can within reason. And so where does all this, I mean, like the, the thing uniting all of this and like, you know, you drop in like, oh, printing boxes for Amazon, you know, a, a little project like that. The thing that all of this revolves around is prints. Yeah. So like, what's your background and how do you end up doing this? Right. So my main interest from, from studying illustration at Brighton was, was screen printing. And, and the website People of Print initially started purely as a list of people who screen printed. Um, from there it kind of developed because people were submitting, you know, clay prints or letterpress prints and, you know, I kind of expanded upon the kind of things which I would put onto that list. Uh, after studying in, in Brighton and then moving on to do an internship in New York, um, you know, I was working for a company called um, Post Expose and we were doing architectural boxes for like window displays. So it just kind of opened up the kind of ways in which print could be used both commercially, creatively, or for whatever reason really, applying it to print to any substrate. Um, Then when I came back from New York, I set it up as a blog where we would start to talk about all these people rather than just a list of thumbnails or whatnot. Um, And when was this? So so I graduated in 2008, 
Um, I went to do my internship in 2009. And then I, I came back and we turned the website into a blog in 2011. That's when I moved to London. Uh, we registered the company as a limited company in 2013, although it was dormant still for a while. It was just a registered limited company. We started trading as people apparently in 2015. So it's not it's a relatively new company, really. Um, but the, uh, the idea of People of Print has been going since I set the website up. And I guess that's where all of these kind of channels have come from, if you know what I mean. Um, for instance, Department Store was set up because of my uh, dislike of the standard retail model. Um, I wanted to make it fairer for the artists. Um, so wait, what is Department Store? Department Store is basically a shop and we put people on our shop so they pay a small fee to be on our shop we promote it to our audience and then we take a small commission so a little bit from the the front and a little bit from the end as i like to put it um, rather than you know a standard retail markup of 2.5 so it's uh you know you spend five pound making a garment sell it for a tenner they sell it for 25 the shop is making 15 pounds you're making five pound profit i don't think that's fair so i like to try and make it fair for these people that are kind of independent and for the established people, you know, it's just a fair model and everyone wins. So, um, I mean, I understand why retail places do it because they've got like a huge, huge overheads and whatever. And you're online only. It's online. It's a drop shipping website and it allows us to do it that way. It's just the development side of it, which we're still working on to make it better that that costs money to set up, you know, so we've got to cover those costs. Um, I forgot what we were talking about as a, as a whole, but you know, so you know, we have these kind of channels, and a lot of them are kind of a lot of the things which I set up are almost as a solution to something which I've come across in my experience as an illustrator or designer or printmaker. Um, so you've got mother, sorry, you've got you've got people of print as the mothership. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that is at the heart of it all. Yeah, and then you've got like department store, the shop. You've got in- posterzine as your like monthly. Thing. Yeah, so in Perpetuum Publishing is what we publish anything under. So we have Posterzine magazine and we've we've helped other people publish. So we helped publish Naus magazine, which is an independent magazine about mental health. So I just helped cover the costs and then helped sell the issues to recover those costs. Again, I did that kind of mod I just made the model up because of work we worked with Thames and or I worked with Thames and Hudson as an author. And I've just literally got my royalty statement back and I still owe them money <laughs> from my, you know, and I've, we've sold thousands of books. And uh, anyway, it's in my contract that I can't slander Thames and Hudson, so we'll stop there. But um, yeah, yeah, so that, again, that's just the solution to, that's my solution to that problem. Mm. And I think it's fair that I don't take something, somebody's kind of intellectual property as our own, sell shit loads of it, make loads of money, and they get nothing. I don't mm. think that's fair. Mm. And then you also um, publish or, or have published Print Isn't Dead. Yeah, that's right. So Print Isn't Dead, we started in 2014. Uh, we, we got up to the fourth issue. We're actually on hold on that at the moment because we're in interesting but long conversation with a different magazine. Um, there's many other parties involved and lots of conversation to be had, but we want to resurrect what was a printed magazine and is now only online but I can't really go into it because it's not finalised yet and I don't like to jinx anything Um, so yeah we had the printers magazine where every issue 
would kind of resemble what the issue was about. So, for instance, uh, the DIY issue or the, the counterculture issue, sorry, was uh, we had screen printed covers and then we covered a lot of the content inside was about counterculture. And we just kind of try to reflect what we're talking about and how it's produced in terms of the printed matter. So issue three, for instance, we, used, we sponsored by HP um, to use their HP Indigo technology, which allowed us to have variable data covers. And then on the inside, we featured a lot of things which were about customization, personalization, and variable data. But so, to, so, so to say variable data covers, right, that, okay, that, that means nothing to most right. people. So the, you did some really cool stuff with it. So what, what were you doing? So, with so issue three, what we did is we allowed people to pre-order the magazine. Um, the inside body of the magazine was litho printed in spot colors. But the outer body, uh, the, the cover itself was printed using white ink onto black paper and people could submit up to 140 characters which would then be hand typeset by our designer James Lunn and you'd have a personalised custom front cover with your name printed on the spine. Your address would be printed onto the back of the cover with the time and date stamp and that's slotted into an envelope and it was kind of, yeah, variable data it's called, variable data printing. And it's the sort of stuff that, like, when Tesco send you a club card thing, exactly. it's got your name in the front because they're yeah. using variable data to print. Except like Tesco club cards are better because you can use them for something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It's exactly that. But we're trying to bring in... Variable data is often kind of used in a really kind of low-quality print way for its functionality. Um, I wanted to bring in that kind of really well typeset, the... Mixing it with a designer, um, you can't have everything scripted at the moment. Um, I believe people are working quite hard on that. Um, and I, I don't doubt that in the future there will be magazines which will be variable data all the way through. But I just think there's something about that, um, the touch of a designer, the, the eye of a designer, and, and laying out the pages manually, which you'll never, well, I say never, you, you, we can't do it yet. We won't yeah. ever be able to make it look like a designer has done it yet. But I imagine that also is a complete pain in the neck for James Lunn, who yeah, he, oh, he there. spent hours. He how, spent hours. How, how many copies did you do? Of the, um, like, we did three. Weeks? I don't know how many. Uh, nine hundred, I think it was. Wow, I can't remember. So nine hundred individually typeset yeah, pages. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, his his wife um, submitted her her design for or her words for the front cover to James Lund directly saying stop designing the magazine covers and put the kettle on because <laughs> he was just always in the other room designing them but yeah it was, yeah he's a he's a great designer and a good friend of mine so he puts up with my crap yeah so that was print isn't dead so out of all this stuff you here you are as like a, a, a cheerleader for prints what do you find is the thing that you've done that has really cut through and and made people like take notice of what you're doing. It's hard, It's really hard to say. I think uh, the main thing, which I think where people gravitated towards people of print to begin with, was my. You know, we actually did uh, an exhibition that picked me up in 2012, Somerset House, just above where we are now. And I basically just pulled together as many people as I could and exhibited their work for them. Um, and we had live workshops, you know, letterpress, woodcut, uh, t-shirt press brought in. So I just like pulled together all these people that were willing to be part of this show to just kind of demonstrate the possibilities of print and um, show people how things are made. And I think that's kind of how, I think that's where it started to change a little bit. That's where I noticed we would get more hits on our website, more followers, because people were included 
people are part of it. People, you know, people of print. The name itself is about everybody being part of it. It's not just a company telling people what's good. Um, I th- I like to think of it like that, but it's really hard to say. Really, um, when you say cuts through, do you mean what do you mean by one thing? Well, I just think that so. When you're trying to communicate to people that's something special. I mean, I, I feel it all the time with Stack. So we're, with Stack all the time, I'm trying to... The reason we're doing this now, having this conversation, mm-hmm. is because I want people to think about posterzine and, and people of print and, and get that thing. And go, oh, yeah, actually, I want to get a copy of that. I want to try that. It's trying to take the thing that you're passionate about and communicate that to somebody else in a way. Well, you just said it there. I think the main thing is it's passion. Um, the, that sounds so cheesy, but the, really do, I really do love print. And from when I started the website, I had no idea that it would turn into a company at all. I didn't set it up as a company. There was no business plan. There was nothing. And it really was just people that I like. And it still is. It still is stuff that we like. Um, if we, we get people saying, oh, we'll pay you this much money for this particular sponsored slot, and I say it doesn't really suit our audience, and I have to turn a lot of stuff down. Um, whereas other people just take that in terms of business. But um, I'm not trying to say that I'm not business savvy, um, but I just think that it could be detrimental to the business in the long run if we were to just include crap, which I'm not interested about. Mm. And, of course, the downside with doing everything like this is that you get completely carried away on, and sold on something. And again, I'm thinking of Stack here. And you put it out in the world and actually it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't work. Like the, the thing that you were really yeah. keen on like just doesn't come through. Yeah, there have been a couple of examples. So we did this thing a while ago called the Creative Universe. And uh, I wanted to basically create a space where people could upload, like Gumtree, um, upload a classified ad. Um, but it turns out that I don't know if it was just like the way that it was marketed or whatnot. It, it just sometimes things catch on because they're catchy. Uh, but this just you know people would use it a little bit, but then not use it because there's always just another one of those sites, you know. And, and um, you know there have been things which we've kind of failed on, and then you just kind of figure out what works and what doesn't, what our audience like. I'm not trying to say we bow down to our audience. Um, to deliver only what they like. We also like to show things that we like and hopefully become some kind of trendsetter rather than, or a tastemaker, rather than just providing them with what we know that they like. Um, I suppose it's just about getting that balance. Um, but yeah, in terms of trying to, you know, something that you're really passionate about and it hasn't really gone somewhere, maybe it was because I wasn't truly passionate about it. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it was just an idea that I thought that would work, but... Well, I mean, know, also, the, like, the, so the, that thing you described there, like, it's a platform. Yeah. And it's so difficult making a platform for people because you actually need them to go and use it now. Yeah. Like the, the, so we, we did a thing uh, called the Stack Student Union. Yeah. Because I go talking at universities all around the place, and you'll speak to a bunch of designers in Nottingham and a bunch of, like, uh, journalism students in London... And for me, the the joy of a magazine is when you get different groups of people with different experiences and expertise coming together and working together. And I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if there was this thing that was free for like any students who have any kind of like related 
degree, they can all come and they can chat in this place about like, hey, this is what I'm working on. Like, I need some help writing with this, or I need some help like taking pictures with it. Yeah. And so we, we put this whole thing together, and it was all done on uh, what was it called on Google? Um, Google Docs. Google. No, no, no. Google like this social media Google thing that they've done. Google Chats. No, what was it? Google. It was like. I can't remember. It was it was sort of, it was a, it was Google's go at being a social network, and they, Google Plus. Is it Google Plus? That yeah. sounds about right. It's yeah. like the the arse end of nowhere on the internet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it, but so like you know maybe that was part of the problem <laughs> at the time. It didn't, it didn't look like that at the time. Um, but yeah. So and it, it just it just like nothing came of it. And I, I think you it, there has to come a point where you kind of dry your eyes and say. Oh, well, I yeah. thought it was a really good idea, but fine, it didn't I think take the, off. The, the bit where I kind of realised it wasn't working is when the, the, the hosting renewal comes up and I'm like, shall I renew it? No. And that's when you're like, no, I can't board. But, um, yeah, you kind of get a feel for it, don't you? You get a feel for what is working. And I bet that you did learn something from it. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah, have applied so, that to other things. So that's, I think that's just the same with any business. We're all kind of, you, you make it up as you go along. You learn something and and you apply that to the next kind of thing which might or might not work yeah so talking of the next thing that might or might not work yes what's coming up next for people of print right so like we said we're working on this magazine uh again it's long talks so we've got the a, a potentially new magazine coming out which i believe will be one of the best design magazines in the world obviously. nice yeah um then we've also got poster zine so um, we've got special issues lined up, not 100% confirmed, but very big names lined up, which we would co- then coincide with live print events and launches, that kind of thing. We want to want to go more into the kind of opening up uh, a space where people can come and use it. Um, we're also working with framers to create a handmade but ready-made frame, so A1 format with the snapback so you can then change the poster zines in and out as they come out monthly quality handmade frames with glass that are the same price point as the shitty ikea frames and just try and really push that as something which we sell alongside poster zine maybe even call it a poster zine frame um so just trying to expand upon our merch range so print isn't dead might become a brand um and we want to kind of move into working with artists and making really exclusive limited edition prints that are only available at these events, bringing people into the space. So you have to be at the event to get it. Uh, it won't be printed any, anywhere further. Um, we're, we're in talks with Thames and Hudson again about doing a second book, um, I'll Bite. Because well, it sounds like it went so well the it first went, time. Went, well, <laughs> the thing is, so the first, the first deal was, you know, we've got 5,000 pounds and 5% royalties. Uh, royalties don't mean anything. Uh, unless you're selling shitloads like what's the name Harry Potter lady um, but if I just get a bigger advance then I'll be be happy you know so just yeah a slightly bigger advance which will give me enough time and money to create this book where I've got something in mind that I want to do and I think rather than kind of having to fund it all myself I'd rather go down that route for me being an author but for anything that's people are print orientated we might do a different book style because Thames and Hudson are saying that um, the the kind of I don't know if you've seen our, our first people of print book, which is kind of like a, a catalogue almost of these printmakers. But these style of books are kind of on the decline, and it's more about the process and more educational stuff. Apparently, I don't know. I'm taking their word for it. Um, 
so yeah, there's there's plenty in the pipeline. We've got a lot of other kind of uh, the print jobs that we've got on have kind of escalated. We've bought a new clay printer. We've got new live printing kit. Um, so we, we hope to kind of expand upon the live printing side of things in, with, with, with the brands. You know, we, we've worked with Levi's, Clark's and, and various different kind of institutions like the VNA and Design Museum. But we, we really want to branch that out across the world and maybe set up, I don't want to say franchises, but set up people of print in other destinations using the communities that we've kind of developed. Um, and, and when you say live printing, you mean like the thing that I came to where you have people coming and having a go at Exactly, themselves. like the, you know, you've got the paper stock or the blank garment or whatever it is, and the artwork is printed onto that on the night. And that is the run. So say, for instance, 25 T-shirts get printed, it's a limited edition of 25 and it will not be printed again unless they're bootlegged, which would be fantastic because then it shows that we're... <laughs> no. Um, or we could do what all of the other artists do, do and just print extra and then slowly release them at a later date, but that's crooked. But I do come from a crooked background. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Marco, listen, thank you very much for coming and telling me all about your grand plans. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. Really great to do it. <laughs> Okay, that's all for this week. I almost regretted asking Mark Roy what's coming next. It seems like there's always so much in the pipeline with his various print projects, but I'm going to enjoy watching all those different things coming to fruition. I'm particularly intrigued by the prospect of Print Isn't Dead coming back as some sort of collaboration and making the world's greatest design magazine. If you're a print fanatic like Mark Roy, you can find loads of conversations with independent magazine makers in our archives. Just search SoundCloud or iTunes for Stack Magazines and you'll find all our previous episodes. And of course, if you follow us while you're there, we'll be able to deliver next week's episode straight to you as soon as it's ready. Okay, thank you very much for listening and we'll be back with another episode next week. Bye.